Any fellow copywriters listening, I don't know about you, but I'm not liking the looks that people are throwing my way whenever talk of AI tools comes about, because why are the writers always first? But fear not. Today's guest, Billy Jones, head of global brand and media at Hootsuite, assures us that the robots are not coming for our jobs. Now, we asked his opinion because Hootsuite has just brought out several AI integrations of its own designed to help you break writer's block and get those initial ideas flowing. Obviously, between ChatGPT and MidJourney, artificial intelligence is a hot topic in creative industries right now. So this was a super interesting chat that I think you'll really enjoy. Yeah, great to chat to Billy about so many different use cases that he's already used in his past role and is now using with Hootsuite's new updates. In this episode, we cover the best use cases for AI in your day-to-day role, how to prevent idea fatigue, and why, contrary to LinkedIn posts, your job is safe with AI. Billy, welcome to Social Minds, first of all. It's so good to have you on, and I'm excited for what we're going to chat about today. But as usual, we're going to kick things off with a very big question. And this week, your big question is, can you automate a creative idea? No, not an idea. I don't think you can. I think you can automate stuff. We're learning how to automate other things as part of the process, but I don't think we'll ever be able to automate ideas. And that's why I'm not nervous about the money I need to make to support my family over the next 20 years. That's got to be one of the best starts to our pods, I think, Billy. Yeah, yeah. I like a not-on-the-fence stance. I appreciate that. Um, There's nothing worse than a it depends. But you guys have, I mean, we asked because you guys have developed this suite of tools, tools and features, right, that um, you've said drive inspiration across all touch points on the content creation journey. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what these are, what they do, and I guess how they're relevant to that question about automating creativity? So yeah, over the last couple months, Hootsuite has been developing a suite of content creation tools. Why is probably a good question. So um, one reason is we're constantly talking to our customers, we're running surveys. And if you ask social media managers in our tool, like what's the number one thing that takes up their time? Number one thing that stresses them out, it's coming up with content ideas. So we got that data signal and like, okay, let's see if we can help. Interestingly enough, too, we have a really, really smart inbound sort of search team that are constantly managed, like looking at like how are people... You know, Google is everybody's like help desk. So if you look at the help desk of Google, the number one demand term is social media content ideas. So our team got that and decided, you know, Hootsuite, we're here to help social media managers. Let's create a content creation sort of suite and let's start playing with stuff and getting stuff out of market. Right. So we started in January where we came up with well, one. We integrated Canva into our tool because Canva is amazing. I am a Canva fanboy all day, every day. Uh, we got Grammarly in there to just like check the work that you're doing. But then we also came up with things like a content suggestion, little experience or um, an automated hashtag generator. Mm. So if you're writing a post, you can say, hey, these are things that's trending. Maybe you should use these. The content suggestion tool thing is a bit different. And maybe that's the the tension that you're talking about, about automating ideas. Um, So with content suggestion, the idea is if you know you need to do something like make a sale or uh, talk about your history or celebrate hashtag throwback Thursday, which I don't think people do anymore. Maybe I just do. Um, it can sort of kind of fill in maybe like 50% of the idea for you and get you started. And I think that's going to be a theme with a bunch of things. And we can talk about the AI piece, but I think AI is there to get rid of that blank space quickly, right? As creative people, the toughest thing is staring at that blank page. But I think the tools we're creating, and we can talk about an AI tool that we have that's that's out now, like just out now. The idea is to create a baseline and get you 50% of the way there. And then you need to be creative about what you do with it. Um, and I think 
without being too leading, because I could talk about this stuff forever and I feel bad because there's three of us and I've already been talking for three minutes. Like the future is getting creative about what you input to something like an AI and, and how you modify an AI. But I think when you say, can it automate ideas? The answer, the reason I say absolutely not is because I think you need a big idea and then you go to AI maybe to help come up with ways to execute it, if that makes sense. And I think that's the tools that we're trying to create. We're not here to say, hey, we can go create a brand for you because it's absolutely not going to do that. But if you have a sharp understanding of your brand, I think we can help automate some blocking and tackling sort of tactics um, and get you halfway there. I mean, go back to that that sort of why piece you said, like one of the hardest challenges that social media managers, et cetera, creative people have to face is that sort of block coming up with constant ideas. Is that something that like you arrived upon like instinctually or is there any sort of data from Hootsuite side that um, you can back up from your customers like to sort of justify the decision to make this tools? Yeah, no, I mean, it came directly. I mean, A, I can say it anecdotally, having spent my entire years of life yeah. <laughs> professionally at an agency. Um, and I trust my gut, but we were running surveys and the number one answer when we were asking people of like their top responsibility, where they spend their most time, number one, 77% of people said it was coming up with content. And those same people rated it as sort of like the thing they struggle with the most. So this this sort of idea of needing content inspiration is 100% driven by the needs of the people on our tool. Yeah, it's interesting because I think we could, well, everybody who works in this industry can relate to that sort of uh, idea of fatigue. You know, you, you sit down. it's my whole life. But I yeah. mean, <laughs> the sit down creative for me never works. You know, get six people around the table and go, right, we're going to come up with some amazing maybe not six, ideas. Maybe three very sharp people. I don't mind that. Yeah. So, well, yeah, so small, the better. But what I was going to say is take me away from that table and just give me a couple of hours on my own and I'll try and come up with the the something right so but, but i think that's the biggest pain of social media managers as proved by those stats at least coming up with ideas it's really difficult and idea fatigue is a real thing but we appreciate it as part of the job now cross that with artificial intelligence which i've got my own thoughts on but it's not for me to give my thoughts the at the moment on coming. this uh, yeah the robots are coming narratives the linkedin uh it's gonna take your job i mean let's kind of keep it let's keep the hyperbole at a minimum here and one thing i was i was thinking is is that ai can't do that creative bit right as you mentioned but is that changing at all and what does a marketer's job look like if the creative bit isn't part of our job so to me the definition of creativity and really really big ideas and it, yes it's from that famous steve jobs speech he gave years and years ago with their science behind it is the ability to connect like different unexpected things together to create something that's never existed before. That is true creativity, especially in advertising, right? But we always say if it's if it goes unnoticed, nothing else matters. How you get noticed is to be unexpected, truly original. It's really hard for an AI to do that because AI is built on things that have already existed. Mm. Yeah. It's data set by definition is going to repeat things that have already existed. Whereas the human brain can create things that have never existed. And I think that's what I think of, of like big ideas. So for me, for marketers, when I see the future in 20 years, I still absolutely see a role. And I think there's a bigger role for big idea, creative agencies, right? Like you crack the Snickers, you're not you and you're hungry. The AI is not going to crack that. You can use AI maybe to generate some tactics and emails and sorts of things that play off that big idea, but you need to crack that original idea and you need to figure out how to feed that into whatever you may be using to help you with some of the tactical stuff. And I keep saying tactical because 
especially in social media, this is my hot take. I think social media is going to become more like email over the course of the next several years in terms of the tactical nature of it. That being said, that's just a piece of it, right? I think there's a, there's going to be a massive boom of tactical social, but there's still going to be a need for awesome people like Eve and Callum, which I oh, think I it's Callum. I thought I, thought I, thought I wasn't going to get a shout out there. I thought Eve was just going to get the shout out. I was a little bit worried I know, there. Really, you hesitated, but you know, that's fine. <laughs> Like there's, there's, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a question for you guys. Like I, I see, I see more and more need for tactical social blended with big idea social, right? Like your entire content calendar, if you're posting hundreds of posts on different channels, is each brief you're getting saying, make this one big and famous and viral? Yeah, a lot. Um, a lot of the time, I mean, it's like anyone who's worked in an agency environment will know there's always a balance between, um, you know, they want those like fame driving moments, but you also have to meet like, you know, translate a lot of like key messages. Uh, and yeah, that, that idea fatigue definitely plays a role in it. I have to say, I think like when the first time we spoke, Billy, I was much more of a, much more new to like chat GPT, for example. And like over the past few weeks, I've had chance to, uh, you know, play with it a bit, try it out. And I can kind of see the benefits in terms of like supplementing it so it is just like kickstarting the idea and as you said it's not giving me anything original but it is getting that thought process started when I'm completely drawing a blank and you know usually and I think I would still prefer to turn to my colleagues or fellow creatives around the table uh, with me and say you know can I just run this by you can I get your thoughts on this but in lieu of them and like say if I'm working remotely or I'm at home like it's a good place to sort of you know kickstart that thinking process I think, yeah I, I had a good example of that the other day actually it was I've never written a press release in my life, right? That's for someone else in another department somewhere, but I had to do it quickly. So I thought, you know what? Where do I start with this? Could Google it. I usually would Google it, but I thought, let's let's try ChatGPT. And went on and said, oh, you know, give me a, a nice template in the style of X, Y, Z. And it came up with it. And, and look, the words are all wrong because obviously I'd not prompted it to write my press release. I could have done, but I wanted to write my words. But I used the template it gave me, you know, it talks about X company, then the second company, then the project, then a sign off, then a quote, job done. And I wouldn't have known where to start with that. So I think that's a good example of whereby the prompt can come in handy, but the creative ideas and the actual words really, you know, it needs a bit of tweaking, but it set me on the right path, if that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know what you think about this, Billy, as well, actually, because we were discussing this recently, but more about like the ethical debate as a professional, like, yeah, use it to sort of spur you on a bit, but if it's right there, like some of the like more lazy creatives might stop like actually using it or like, what if it does produce a really good idea and then you want to run with that one and then you have to bill a client for an idea idea that a robot gave you i think that's all kinds of tricky i think that's like i'm not even going to pretend to be smart enough to answer that one because i think the the ethical and the legal things that are going to happen with creativity and artificial intelligence it's going to lag super behind right like so one thing first of all i love that use case i think that's perfect another like copyright thing because i had to meet with lawyers because we started uh using mid-journey so like i went mid-journey is the image creation right so this is a very specific use case and it'll blow your mind so we're working on a project that involves uh, getting in front of some universities, right? Like showing, hey, Hootsuite is great for universities, which by the way, it is. Cheap plug if, if you work for them, <laughs> get Hootsuite. But we really like, we did, a, we did a photography shoot last June that was a little bit more towards like small business creator focused. Um, I hate stock photography. Like, like I would get like no stock tattooed on my body because that's how I feel. <laughs> and we started playing around with mid journey and prompting it to get stuff that looked like we went and shot 
pretty good photography on a university campus. Mm -hmm. Legally, right now, it shows a student. I've got my brand color in his hair, so a saffron hair. And it looks like a human being that has existed to the naked eye. That person has never existed before. Mm. And I was trying to explain it to legal. I'm like, we right now, I can use that marketing material, like fr from from a legal perspective. And I think there's the chat GPT word aspect of it. And then there's this whole other image creation and video creation stuff that's pretty wild. But the example I use is anybody listening to this should go check out Harry Potter Balenciaga. And what it is, is somebody using AI tools, a really creative person using AI tools to create a Harry Potter Balenciaga ad. And it absolutely is one of the most entertaining things I've seen. And it's absolutely killing it on Reddit. And I don't think that that person was highly creative to start understanding, one, to think about what if Harry Potter and Balenciaga did a collaboration and two, just the craft he put into music and stuff like that. Like, I think there's going to be a whole world of the creative muscles that you use all the time, starting to think about how you can be creative around how you prompt artificial intelligence. And I do think that is a muscle that anybody listening to this podcast, if you're in the creative space, just start go playing around with it and start playing with the creativity that you can put into those prompts because you can get more original stuff back, right? Just like a brief, yeah. good in, good out. Yeah. yeah, no, definitely. I mean, the no stock thing, you're like absolutely singing Callum's song. Um, <laughs> but I want to divert us just briefly because I want our listeners to go and check this out. Something I sent Cal a couple of weeks ago. Do you remember that um, macaque who did the copyright thing? Because this macaque, the monkey, had taken a selfie and then it ended. It turned into like this like unprecedented copyright battle over like who owns the copyright for this image because legally copyright can only belong to humans. So that whole case is basically now the precedent for why computers... Um, um, aka mid-journey can't be assigned copyright which is why we can use it legally just a nice little anecdote for you there um about macaques and how they're probably going to end up saving artists yeah I, I i love it i mean like i said like i think the that they're going to have to figure it out is the person that puts the prompt in as the person that owns the copyright because it's an original thing yeah. every time even if you think it's extremely automated the use of a comma or an adjective is going to spit out a completely different thing mm -hmm. than another human kind of write that similar press release that you were trying to write yeah there's a, i mean there's a complete other debate about you know like the trump stuff going getting arrested mid-journey arrested not real life arrested to the pope in like the, With yeah. the pope that and one the was like pope seamless on. like if i didn't know any better i would have believed that yeah but then obviously it opens up a whole different kind of worms which is a little bit more sort of down the legal route and is that right you know it's sort of like deep faking right so yeah. i think they're gonna have to figure out i bet you maybe before the end of the calendar year how to rip off anybody that's like a, a public public domain person right like mm. that that's that's where the that's where the the legalese hasn't caught up yet right so the pope wearing uh gucci and stuff like that or trump getting arrested they got to figure out a way to limit the data set so people can't do stuff like that because the deep fake technology i agree like to me that is existential like world war creation existential that part that part is pretty wild um and and i know that's what they're gonna have to figure out first because there's gonna be a crazy lawsuit from a trump tech person that's gonna make them do stuff there absolutely is. You know, if you or I had, had literally photoshopped that and it had gone as big as it went, you know there's a legal case landing on your door right away. But because we probably don't know who created that, I'm sure they could trace it back. But, you know, there's no there's no such thing happening right now that I know of uh, from that mid-journey user. They found the person that made the Pope stuff and it was a person from Chicago and I'm not making this up. He said, I got bored and I ate mushrooms and I went, went on mid-journey. You can look that up. <laughs> that is factual. Just to uh, go back to ChatGPT a minute because you said something that really resonated with me actually and I wanted to go into it a little bit more detail about the sea of same, you know, on social and the fact that 
and we've, we've we've mentioned before about everything seems quite vanilla these days on social um and that's where creativity comes into it right but it's because brands have followed these best practice frameworks for so long that they've got they've all got the same tone of voices all got the same sort of contact uh, content pillars and everything's just kind of gone into one so with like you mentioned with chat GT, gpt i always find it very difficult to pronounce that um obviously that's pulling in data and algorithms from everywhere and I'm just worried that everything it produces will look the same because it's pulling from the same source. Does that make sense? I think it totally does. I'm also anti 100% listen to best practice in my career. And if you look at even the social that we do at Hootsuite, like we change things around the edges, right? I always say this, Mm. it's a Gary Garcia quote from Grateful Dead. He said, style is the things you do wrong. And I think that's important in creativity. And I think that's important in social. I agree with you, but even like the tool that we have out, Ollie Rider, go check it out check out a trial, hootsuite.com. Uh, like we're not saying go punch stuff in and then go go blast it out there. We're saying play around if we built a UI where we can try to understand what you're trying to make, create a baseline and then tweak it and make it your own. Think about the inputs you're putting in, get that baseline that maybe gets your creative juices flowing to start, but then change it. But to your point, for sure, I do think we are going to see a lot of sea of sameness because if you're not good at social, if you don't appreciate the medium, you're going to try to fully automate the thing. And it is going to come across like, you know, my favorite video, you can look up a video, right? It was like 2020 June and every single ad was the same thing, right? In a world where you're stuck yeah, inside, gotcha. like that was without artificial intelligence. That's just a bunch of people doing the same thing. I think the art is going to be how you use this tool creatively. And that's why I'm saying you should just start playing around with them now. Because again, whether you use it as a baseline, whether you get really, really good at how we prompt certain AIs, I think that's the people that are going to be able to take a leap over the next five to 10 years is the people that put in the time and understand how to blend it with creativity. Wow, I absolutely agree. I'm still going to challenge you for a minute because things, uh, content, I think is already like very homogenized. As you said, like we don't really need AI to do that. And I think it's largely down to best practice. But there's also a huge factor of this, which is that fatigue level. But it's also sort of, you know, workload pressure. The fact that, you know, not everyone has a huge creative team. In fact, I'm sure the majority of Hootsuite users are probably like SM bees sometimes it's like even a one-man band um, and social media managers are often you know dubbed as having that sort of four jobs in one if that's your sort of day-to-day and that's your life and then Hootsuite sort of come along and presented you with um, all right so you can uh, get you know thought starters from like this ideation tool then you can layer on Grammarly that you know cleans up the copy then you can use Canvas you've got an image template there would you not be sort of tempted or like forced into it by lack of like resource or time or whatever to like have every stage of that journey or at least like if you know 50 if not more percent automated isn't that what they're doing right now without the help of getting 50 percent there though so how is it a bad thing to have something that could actually help i agree social media managers put too many hats on right so if i can take the creative process and maybe reduce the time of it so that you don't start with that blank page i think that's where we want to help right and I'm not saying like it's a tool. People can choose how to use a tool. Like I use a hammer to nail things into the wall. People can use hammers to break things. I think AI is just a tool and how people use it is up to them. I also think if you're sort of doing what you're, you know, if you're monitoring your social and you're automating stuff and it's working, sure, keep it running. Make that a content pillar. 
figure out some other ones too. Like let the audience tell you what works. Because I, I agree with you guys actually though that maybe maybe there is a moment in time where it's early adoption and we can automate some stuff and get it up and get the engagement we want. But I don't think that's going to last because of that sea of sameness that's being created. I still think, and I know creativity applied on top of it is what's going to make people's social metrics and engagement scores go up. I got a question for you. All right, hit me. Have you used AI at all? Yeah, so we, like, we've played around with ChatGPT, obviously. Um, we've used uh, or like are sort of currently looking at mid-journey as well. And it's I don't think we found a super sophisticated use for it yet, although there are some minds in the business who are like way more innovative uh, than I am in that <laughs> in that regard. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a discussion point for like clients as well to see, you know, how they can put out something that's a little bit different, especially while it's still uh, top of mind. But the conversation remains that sort of like long term. It's like mid-journey has actually gotten really sophisticated, but say like the previous iteration of it was like, do you want it, you know, to look futuristic or do you want it to be oil painting style or and it's like these certain buckets that you'll just be seeing the same sort of styles everywhere but yeah like we are exploring it have used it are open to exploring it. it's just figuring out how we can do it um, and still create something original basically i've got a like where i've actually found chat gpt to be the most helpful is not in content creation chat gpt right like i'm not talking about like we built a tool that's supposed to help you create social content i would suggest trying that but I've found ChatGPT and building a brief has been actually been maybe the best use case. So let's say you're working on a client. You can type in a ChatGPT, say, hey, ChatGPT, answer all these questions for the following company. Let's say you're in a pitch, right? Let's make a company up. Let's say you guys are pitching Nike because you guys are that good. ChatGPT, answer all these questions as if I'm talking to Nike. Ask it questions. What are the category challenges that Nike is facing? What is the CMO worried about at Nike? Uh, what are cultural sort of touch points where Nike has exceeded in the past, blah, blah, blah. You can ask it a bunch of questions that not all of them are going to be right, but I've found in using it that way, there's really, really interesting ways to get interesting insights to actually brief creative teams to go do their job. And there's even fun things I've done around like, hey, explain it to me like I'm um, a 10-year-old. Explain yeah. it to me using analogies. And that's where it starts to get really interesting if you're thinking about briefing creative people. And if you understand how your creative people's brains think, like I think you can, and again, any good strategist in advertising, they, their ability to connect the dots to a creative insight is what's going to drive an amazing thing. And AI can't do that. But I think AI can create a bunch of dots for them to sit away and go connect quicker than doing secondary research, et cetera, et cetera. It just kind of accelerates the process. But at the end, you got you to gotta connect those dots in a wholly unique way to get a wholly unique insight. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think Jake, um, one of our colleagues here, he's been using ChatGPT to the same effect. And I completely agree. I think for strategy and stuff, it has um, a really clear use case and it really comes into its own. But let's talk a little bit less about that and a little bit more about your guys' tool, because that actually is, you just mentioned that about that creative ideation thing. So what, what kind of creative ideas do you see it like prompting people with? For any AI tool, like you said, it's happening so fast, right? Like mid-journey, the, the evolution of it over the last several weeks is, is wild. So what we have right now is a product that we're calling an open beta, meaning like we have a really good product out there, but we're excited to get more and more use cases to make it better. Right now, what we have is something that's a little less prompt based because prompts can be pretty intimidating if you ask me, especially if you don't have a lot of time like a social media manager. So we built a tool that kind of tries to step through like a simple sort of two, three step of like, what are you trying to do, right? So are you trying to repurpose old content, write new content, 
Um, are you trying to get inspired? Okay, click through. What is the objective of it? And then we'll output like right now, just kind of copy-based social post ideas after, and you can pick your networks. So what we're seeing there is because we've seen so, so many social posts, right? We've been around for 15 years. I think our strength is the ability to take all that data and understanding a social and then blend it with AI to create an experience that gets to stuff quicker. And what we're doing is trying to eliminate like the starting from scratch prompting stuff. So with that tool, like I would play with it, but when I'm playing with it, I'm just trying to put in inputs of saying like, hey, I want to write a social post that's trying to get people's attention to sell a product and I'm selling sandals just randomly to see what it does. And often what I see, and I'm, ha I'm, I'm more than willing to admit this, is I'm not seeing something I would go pr press send on. But what I'm seeing is like 10 different versions of something. And I'm like, okay, I would not have thought about it that way. That's mm -hmm. a little thing that I focus on. Let's tighten that copy up. Let's go find an image. Let's get it ready. So what I've been using it as is kind of quick starting some different ideas, some different prompts for me that are more friendly, user-friendly than sitting there and saying like, all the prompt engineering stuff and getting to a baseline quicker. And also I am getting some unexpected stuff back that with some time, I'm able to craft something that I think is, is pretty cool and unique. Um, and that's how I would suggest playing around with it, right? Use it as a baseline and use it as that inspiration. Um, play with, go ahead and click it and post it if you want. Schedule a week of it, but get the data to make sure it's working. And that's the beauty of social media, I think, is like there's a quantity aspect of it. But yeah. so much of social media, I think, is like it's trying new things, seeing what works, putting that in the works bucket and then trying new things and tr constantly trying to figure out the pillars that you can put in that work bucket. And I do think a tool like Owly Writer, which is which is what we launched, is able to sort of have you test some stuff out with some human touch pretty quickly. We always gone about, you know, social media is so tangible. If it works, you can see it works. Like the numbers are there. Yep. It's, it, it either does or it doesn't. So I would I'd absolutely agree in terms of the best way to learn, especially these days. I also think we've been a bit critical of like AI tools thus far being like, is it going to dilute the quality of like the Nikes of the world? But actually thinking about how many um, like people who are like have fallen into working from social, like there's a like community of people um, like the uh, Arts Marketing Association who I sometimes work with here. And it's basically people who work for like theatres, galleries who have like next to no fun funding, like they can't pay for it. like staff on a marketing team. They don't have budget for campaigns, but these people are still in charge of um, running their socials. And they're like not advertising people, not marketing people and this is the kind of tool that I think would really benefit them which I mean we're at quite a privilege like in a bit of a bubble here being like well like we're agency people we do it every day but I think realistically there are a lot of industry sectors and, and people that something like this would stand to benefit. I think it like hypothetically if we do our job well on the product we're hoping to create is it should span that full spectrum but like I said it's a tool and people can use it differently because Eve you're right like this is your career you're awesome at it you're an amazing creative person and that's what you do and, and you wake up every day and run an amazing podcast, but you, you like your job is like you built time to think about ideas. For those people, how can AI get to ideas quicker, play around with it, tweak it? It can be an input to your process. And then some of these other people that are wearing tons and tons of hats, right? And they need a tool like Hootsuite to help them save time. Maybe there is a little less human touch than on that other end. And I think that's the beauty. And, and now that we're out and we're gonna get a ton of data about how people are using it, what I'm excited about is figuring out how people are gonna use it with real data, with real surveys of going to talk to people who use it, and then we're just gonna make it better. And then we're gonna keep making it better just like we mm -hmm. do with our social strategies, right? We're gonna have the data in real time. Yeah. I, I was yeah, I was gonna ask you what was um, 
you know, what had you hoped to achieve basically with the the addition of this tool? But it sounds to me like you're thinking at the minute it's going to be a prompt. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to be the LinkedIn. It's going to take your job. It's just going to literally, it's acting like a prompt tool. It's an aid. And, I, and I've said that I've actually, I've yes. actually spoke about this before. It's an aid as a means to taking over. I agree, right? And I think I said this, I've said this a couple of times to a couple of different people and it sounds scary, but I don't mean it to sound scary. But the idea of like AI is not going to take your job, but in five, 10 years, maybe somebody that knows how to use it pretty well, mm. they might. That's what you said to me last time. Yeah. <laughs> That's just really stuck with me. I didn't mean to scare you, but like to me, it's like, imagine it's 1993 and you're working in business and this internet thing comes out. Some people were like, I'm 35. I'm good. I'm good. I'm fine. Like, I'm going to go do my math like like with, with, with pebbles or whatever the hell they were doing. Right. God, it's 35 the, the cut off. That's brutal. <laughs> no, no, I'm 30, I turned 35 April 18th. I don't know if you guys want to send me a gift. You can if you want. Um, but I think we're in a moment in time right now where it's like we've passed the, the chasm of being like AI is going to be a part of our future. So I would just suggest like getting in there and playing with it. And a great way to start is a very user-friendly way, like Sweet, which is out now. Again, that's my second plug, but it was organic. <laughs> but like, that's, that's really where I see it, is like, it's 1993 and the internet just came out. This is the technology that's going to define the next generation of the worker. So just start playing with it. Figure out yeah. how you can use it. It's a tool. It's not a solution. It's a tool and there's creative ways to use it. And I'm just trying to figure out now the creative ways that that I can use it. And like I said, like I love it because I'm a creative person as well. So I don't want it coming up with my ideas. I love using it to kind of generate my strategic mm -hmm. thinking. I love using it once I have an idea even of like instead of uh, making a mood board and like or like an idea slide that, that I would go present to somebody internally. If I'm like, hey, I wish I had an image, a young 22 year old at a voting booth with blue hair blowing a whistle. I don't know why that would be. I can go create that right now and I can put it in the deck so that people understand my idea. So when yeah. I go shoot that photography, instead of like a sketch of what it might be and trying to explain it, I can get something that looks hyper-realistic and then I'm going to go shoot it because I know magic happens when that camera rolls. Yeah. So I just think there's a lot of different ways to use it. And that's my that's my push. If any, if you remember one thing, start go playing with it. And that's what you mean by your job won't be taken by AI. It'll be taken by the creative who knows how to use AI. Yes. And I know that sounds scary, but I think the industry is telling that us already, right? Like I think it was Wyden and Kennedy. They do Nike for 30, 40 years. They do Old Spice. And they hired some guy to come in and help them with generative AI. So like they're doing that BBDO, which I spent too much time at. Like they, <laughs> they, they got a partnership with Stable Diffusion to do image generation so their art directors can mock stuff up quicker. DDB, mm. one of the other big global agencies, they built a little project called the Uncreative Agency, which was at first a joke where you could put stuff in and get like big ideas back. And the traffic went up so high that they had to take it down and I guarantee they're going to monetize it. I might be speaking about like from a personal perspective here, but I think people are getting a little bit more uh, skeptical about new innovations after the metaverse and NFT chat, right? Because when you say people, do you mean normal people or marketing people? Um because they're different. They are. I still don't I still don't think normal people know what AI is. As in that's not it has not been arrogant. They, they or, know what it is. No, but genuinely, like my mates were maybe not teachers, but like someone's a gardener, right? Yeah. It's difficult to why would they need to know about AI? There are ways that AI can help them, of course there is. There are people that will not know half as much as you know because you're in the industry. But yeah. again, that's not their fault. It's just not what they work in, right? But saying that, 
I think people who have seen, especially NFTs, rather than the metaverse as a whole, you know, everyone was saying, oh, NFTs, and they're going to take over tickets. They're going to be the next toy. big thing. Amazing. And then we've seen the, the yeah. drop in NFTs, which will come back. Did you see the virtual back. fashion week in the metaverse? But the headlines were back. humiliating. It was like there were loads of brands turned up, loads of money was put in. It was this like big, like in the metaverse virtual fashion show, uh, but there was no people there and it was quite boring. That was what the headline says, like almost but, verbatim. But it's because we're early. So where I was going with this is because we are early and we said at the time it's early, right? And it's still early on AI because like you said, it sometimes is a little bit rubbish. It doesn't give you exactly what you need, but it gives you the prompt of what you need. And that is more useful than not having it. So even though we're early on AI, it feels like early AI is much more useful than early metaverse That's it. to you me. Just said it's because it's useful. Facebook told us we need the metaverse. No one asked for it. Okay, this perfect. is like, I think people are finding uses for it already. Like, exactly. They would have hacked their way to it if we hadn't built one. Uh, two things. One, I love how you're like, well, like, Regular people or marketing people? <laughs> I love that. And the fact that like, you're so right, right? Like we live in this bubble where it's like, you didn't see the thing that won at Cannes and everyone's like, nobody cares about Cannes. Nobody does. Marketing people, regular people. Yeah. They care about their sale in groceries, right? Whether the, totally. the price went up or not. They're only normal. I think one of the difference, first of all, I love that take. I think that is such a smart thing to dissect because it feels similar, but I, I have a thought on why maybe it's different. I think the metaverse and I think crypto were executions of technology. The metaverse was an execution of AR, VR, which I still think is going to have a ton of, ton of application. Mm -hmm. Crypto was an execution of blockchain, which is for sure like, and that one, I'm not even smart enough to understand but all the companies that are using blockchain for privatization. I think we're at the point right now, and that's why it's exciting, is AI is the technology. Midjourney is an execution of it. ChatGPT is an execution of it. Auli Writer is an execution of it. The executions of that technology that are going to last is is what we're going to find out in the next couple of years because there's going to be some total crap executions of AI that are going to get buzzed and then you're going to play around with yeah. it and you're like, this sucks. And that to me is like the next five to 10 years of like who goes and owns that space, who creates the most helpful use of that technology. I think while we're on that topic, though, you know, we said like there's marketing people, we're excited, normal people aren't. There's like another bunch of people, right? So like professionals in non-creative industries. Why do we think that creative people or creative professionals and in industries are always so quick to adapt and invest in the shiny new toys, um, you know, like Midjourney, like NFTs, like ChatGPT, when uh, like traditionally the argument was always that these like automation tools and artificial intelligence will be more useful in like logical circumstances. Like we're obviously talking about AI and creativity, but I know that like if you Google like things that are artificial intelligence that we don't know that have been for a couple of years, there's just tons and tons and tons and tons of stuff. Like really boring math type things for regular yeah. people. See, that's it. It's been happening for like 10 years, but because it's really it's boring, sure. like, we just don't know. <laughs> One of the best cases, so I, I actually did, when I was in the agency side, worked with Facebook AI, and some of the most interesting use cases were actually in, in medicine, in medical imaging. So like a doctor looking at a um, an MRI to find maybe something malignant or something like that, like there's a human eye sort of thing, but they had trained an AI to look at 10 million MRIs and there was zero human error and it might find something like this small that a human eye wouldn't necessarily see as different, but they've seen so many versions of that, that they know in six months, that thing, that malignant thing, whatever it might be, might become bigger. So like in hospitals, like AI is something that has been used in imaging. I know like MRI times, if you've ever taken an MRI, you sit in that tube for about an hour with that thing shouting at you. 
uh, they can do it in about like an eighth of the time because they don't need the full imaging for a human eye to see it. They just need like a grainier, earlier version. So I think that AI is already being implemented in a bunch mm. of big money industries. We might just not know about it. I think why creative people like it is an interesting question. You can tell how jaded I am from agency life. Uh, but I also think it's because of the natural like award bait chase. Like honestly, if you look at it, it's like every year at Cannes at one show, Things, some of the things that win are the things that are the first use of this technology, right? So M Miller Lite ran a Super Bowl metaverse party that four gardeners went to, I bet. Let's see if it wins a can, because it might, just because it was new. And I, yeah. I truly think that's part of it, is chasing that sort of stuff to say we were the first to do it, to drive yeah. buzzy, stunty PR. I think we have time for one more question, and I'm keen to sort of take it back to that why, the reason that we're having this chat, the reason it all sort of started for you know, the tools that you guys have brought out. That idea, Fatigue, as you call it, writer's block for, for creatives, for social media managers. I mean, maybe uh, as well as or in addition to using AI tools cleverly, how do you think creatives can help that writer's block, fix it, remedy the idea fatigue? Don't say go for a walk. I can talk about the things we try to do. I don't think there's any master solution because I think creativity and coming up with good ideas is like the most important thing in the world. Not just for advertising. I'm not talking about it. I'm not that myopic, but like creativity is the answer to everything, right? Like if we're going to create a better world in 20 years, it's going to come from creativity. What we've tried to do is create a series of tools to get you there quicker, right? So I'm not going to use the go take a walk analogy, but the reason why a walk works is because they say, put all the data points in your head, right? Where we started is like creativity is the unexpected connecting of dots. The whole idea of taking a walk is get all the dots in your head, try to distract it, and those dots will start forming things in your head, right? It's like a watch pot never boils. I think what we're trying to do at Hootsuite, knowing it's the number one thing our customers say is the hardest, is try to get a bunch of dots into their head quickly with inspiration with the tools we're creating. We also created a, a content inspiration toolkit that you can go to Hootsuite.com and get, and it's like templates for idea creation, uh, case studies we've done, blog articles we've done. So I think there's no magic answer. And I think that's why we can all be super happy that our jobs are going to be safe because machines can't come up with big, 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 big ideas. Our intent is to try to give them prompts and put a bunch of dots in their head so that if they go for a swim later, those dots will start connecting. And I think that process will always be the case. Get a bunch of information in your head, figure out and let those dots create while you're going for a walk. So the answer is probably go for a walk. <laughs> I mean, that was that was a wonderful answer. But, you know, yeah. taking a shower would have sufficed. That's where I get I showers for sure. I know that sounds weird. I always to tell clients, I'd be like, sit on this. Don't give me feedback in this meeting right now. Like, don't feel the pressure to have to say things to ideas really quickly. It's super hard. Go home, take a shower, think about it in the shower and let me know what you like when you get back. Some people thought it was weird, but it, it, it worked pretty well sometimes. Precisely. Well, wonderful advice. That is all we have time for, but it's been a really great chat, as promised. Uh, lots of meaty things to dissect. And yeah, I would advise any listeners to go and check out Hootsuite and see what on earth we've been talking about. Yeah, free trial. Go get it. Hootsuite.com. Third plug. That one, less natural. <laughs> Eve, I always love those podcasts that we think are going to go in one direction, then we end up just having a chat for 40 minutes. Yeah, I really like them as well. Yeah. I'm glad. I don't think we were recording yet, but Billy said before we started, don't worry, we don't want to do a sales pitch. And I'm like, it's music to my ears, even though they do have some interesting products. Managed to get um, some nice plugs in there, nice organic plugs in there as well. So yeah, Billy we don't mind a few plugs. Part of the business. 
So let's go on to the meat of the conversation. Obviously, we covered a lot about AI there with Hootsuite's new products uh, being based in AI. And like I said, we are early here still, but I see a lot more practical case studies for absolutely everybody. And Billy touched on people, you know, in hospitals using AI already. And look, we've used AI kind of without it being called AI before. It's just now there's a massive focus on it. The advancements are happening like ridiculously quick. We've seen with Midjourney, for example, you know, what it used to throw out a year ago. It's only been 12 months and what it throws out now with the Pope and Balenciaga, all the rest of it. Yeah, definitely. When we talked about the homogenization uh, piece, like there's a lot of content and tone of voice that's starting to sound and look the same. And we mentioned Canva, um, which is one of the integrations that Hootsuite offers. I know Billy said he's a fan of it. You recognize a Canva template anywhere, don't you? You, you can do. see them a mile off. And it's such a bugbear of mine. In fact, wasn't it Rishi Tunak when he was making his bid for PM the first time? And it was like ready for Rishi. And uh, it was like, Rishi loves Canva because all of them were like Canva templates. That's why it failed. And the second time he just made didn't even have to make The second time he was mid-journey and then <laughs> he got into number 10. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> off Rishi for a moment, I completely agree, but that is where what Billy said comes true, whereby you can use Canva to kind of give you a layout in your head of what you want to use. But then if you can use a little bit of Photoshop on top of your Canva to completely differentiate from what Canva produced, mm -hmm. but with the same sort of basics, like your chat GPT, like I mentioned with the press release, the press release that it chucked out for me wasn't anything like what I wrote. I just used the basic structure it gave me and used my own words. And that's where Billy hit the nail on the head for me, where he said that your job will not be taken by AI. And I hope this doesn't come back to me in 20 years, ah. but it'll be taken by a creative who knows how to use AI. So you can use it as a prompt. You can use it to do X, Y, Z, but you'll still then add your little bit of secret sauce on top, yeah, which yeah, is you your can't creative like copy and paste it. human value. A hundred percent. I would say one word of warning, if creativity, I think, is a muscle that needs exercising, don't lean on it too heavily. Um, I would use it, yeah, as Cal said, as a prompt um, and save it for when you get stuck, like really stuck. Um, but in those cases, yeah, it's proving super valuable. And actually, Cal's sort of changed, well, it might change my life. I'll see if it actually works this evening. Recipe ideas, food ideas, dinner ideas. Because that is more of a fatigue moment for me than creative ideas, let's be honest. So Definitely go chill let's out. try that. Yeah. I'll let you know how it goes next week when it's social insects.